Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a wet one today, don't we, Scott? Yeah, it's a wet one. It's my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. It is um, also International Denim Day. Ooh, denim, denim, denim. <laughs> All right, we'll do Scotty's birthday stumper. We'll get into our flex seal. We've got, count them, five notable jabronis. We'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Sean Kemp. We'll get our stumper answer. We'll go to church. Mm-hmm. We've got various shampoos for you to sample. And then we'll send you on your merry little way. So, without further ado, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. I must man, it's killing me. <laughs> All right, um, NBA playoff time. Uh, how many times has an eight seed beat a one seed in NBA playoff history? Zero, twice, or four times? Um, wow. I feel like that's a tough one. There's not a lot of parody in the NBA, I feel like. No. But miracles happen. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go two just because I feel like zero. Um, I'm not a Sith Lord, so I don't deal in absolutes. <laughs> the, the first, the first round for a long time, all the way up until 1999, was a best of five series. They changed it to best of seven because fans love NBA. I mean, NBA playoff basketball is the best. So. It's the only NBA <laughs> basketball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> well, Christmas Day basketball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll get that stumper answer later. So hold on to your butts. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to our Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Red's recently acquired shortstop Matt Reynolds. Yeah. Got him off waiver from the Mets. In order to do so, they had to clear room for him on the 40-man roster. Uh-huh. Which seems like an odd move <laughs> for the Reds, considering shortstop is probably one of our deepest um, positions, mm-hmm. for one, even with the injuries. And also because he's 0 for 11 at the plate since 2020 with seven strikeouts. He is a career 212 hitter. He's 31 years old. And he's played in parts of five seasons. Um, parts of? Yeah, really just parts of. I mean, most of the bats he's had in a season was 130. And that was plate appearances. I think it was only 114 at bats because he doesn't walk. Matt Reynolds, parts unknown. Just, I mean, awful. he's supposed to you know help out with a banged up Reds roster. It doesn't matter at this point. Just if you're banged up and you're the Reds right now, um, I don't see why you don't bring some young guys up and get them some experience. Why are you going to give it bats to a 31 year old player? Yeah. Let's just, let's just get guys out there. Right. Right. Imagine having to type up the fantasy projections for this guy. (laughs) (laughs) 11 at bats since 2020. And that brings us conveniently to notable jabronis. Uh, Let's start with Angel Hernandez. Oh yes. Keep the baseball rolling. So Angel <laughs> Hernandez, you know, he's 
If you don't know, he's an umpire in Major League Baseball. He's been notorious for a very long time for being just awful, awful. Awful behind the plate. Behind the plate, calling balls and strikes. Uh, take it away, Scotty. Like, why, why can't this guy just be lampooned to third base or first base or whatever? I don't care. Just having him behind the plate is disastrous for the outcomes of games. Um, it, just this last Sunday, he missed three massive um, strikes. He, he well, Balls that were well outside the zone. So one by six inches, and he called it a strike. Um, twice, um, twice with runners on. One time with the bases loaded, he called a three-two, a zero-zero count, um, <laughs> like way outside. Called a strike, and then Kyle Schwarber finally lost his mind at the end of the game in the in the bottom of the ninth with Josh Hader pitching to him from the from the Brewers. Um, Schwarber had one out with the bases empty. It was a three-two count, and Angel Hernandez called it a strike. Schwarber, yeah. Schwarber threw his helmet, <laughs> then the gloves. <laughs> I don't know. You say he lost his mind, but I would say it was a very measured response. I, I, no, I, I agree with that. Like, no, yeah, he he proportionately lost his mind. Right, you were like, you're painting a picture. I get that, but I mean, if anything, it was very, it was very measured in the sense that he kept his distance away from the umpire. He never got in his face, you know, um, and everything he said to him was very profane but true. Yeah, it was very accurate. <laughs> he, he Angel Hernandez has a 77% called strike accuracy. That's shit. That's fucking shit. <laughs> Technology is your enemy, Angel Hernandez. Yeah, I mean even Joe Girardi was like, you know, at this point I'm behind the technology. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like he has trouble at home or something and he just tries to take it out on people and it's like he it's like he throws a temper tantrum when he's umpiring or something like Yeah, yeah, Joey Votto despises him too. It's so. like he makes bad calls on purpose or it's like if he feels like a hitter is going to try to take a walk, it's like he won't let them. And it's like that's not your choice to make, dude. Yeah. If the if the guy wants to go up there and his strategy is to get on base with a walk and the pitcher can't throw a strike, then you have to call it a walk, dude. You can't just do whatever you want. Yeah. Bat- batting is hard because of the pitcher. It shouldn't be hard because of the umpire. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Angel Hernandez, we've been done with you. Yeah, we're so done. We've been done with you. All right, moving on. We'll just knock all the baseball ones out of the way. Um, here's another one that's Happy Gilmore-esque. Uh, <laughs> Owen Woodward, uh, college pitcher. Um, what team was he? Yeah, Owen Woodward from Weatherford University uh, tackled North Central's Josh Phillips after Josh Phillips hit a home run. He rounded third, and the pitcher kind of just... Actually, in this in this way, I mean it. He lost his mind. He really uh, did. Lose his cool. He, he speared the dude like straight up Goldberg. Bill Goldberg <laughs> speared the guy. He um, it's funny because when Scott first shared the article with me or the video with me, yes, there's a video. So get online. Yeah, and check get that on out. that. Yeah, check that out. But when he first shared it with me, I you know I was trying to, you know, see the um, motive behind it. I mean. Because, you know, guys get home runs hit off them all the time. It happens. They never take it out on the hitter. Um, and he seems like mad at himself until about the time the runner is halfway between second and third. And um, at that point, he, he, he got to the hitter um, rounding third as fast as he possibly could. He got to the base runner as fast as he could, which happened to be as he was rounding third. Um, so I don't know if he just said something yeah. halfway between second and third because he went from just like 
looking down and just being down on himself to to feeling like he needed to do something vengeful. Yeah, like he, he like built that rage real quickly. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was about. He had a Miles Garrett now. Yeah, thing. you can't see anything being said. There's no like really sound to it until like you hear everybody going like, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, check it out. It's Owen Woodward tackles Josh Phillips. Just, just YouTube that. Yeah, go check that out. Maybe we'll post it on our social media and make it easy on you guys. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to the next notable jabroni. We're staying in baseball, so we'll do just the Yankees fans. Yeah, once again, Yankees fans need to answer for their crimes. So Stephen Kwan from the Cleveland Guardians, the Cle Guardians, um, he he chased a hard hit ball into the left field wall. He smashed into the wall real good. Um, he did not make the out. He was real banged up on the play. And Yankees fans were not cheering for the fact that their team just tied the game up in the ninth. That ended up it being a walk off win. Stephen Kwan was down hard, and Yankees fans were cheering that he was hurt. So his fellow outfielders, Miles Straw and um, Mercado, I believe the right fielder, uh, went over to address the fans in left field, being like, "Yo, you know that's not cool." Uh, Miles Straw got in one one fan's face and said, "Like, try it, so, try it, dude, hit me, like, try it." And then after the game concluded in the walk off, Yankees fans instead of celebrating this awesome walk off win five to four over the Guardians. Um, started throwing water bottles, beer cans, beer bottles at the outfielders still in the game, Miles Straw and Mercado. Um. <laughs> I mean, and to give you a better picture of how bad Yankees fans are, I mean, Quan's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He, he was in the minors last year. He It's not like he has any you know, history with Yankees, with the Yankees or Yankees fans. Yeah. He's like... A relatively new he's player. A great player. He's a great player. He's and he's a great player, and he's not like a showboaty type player either. He's not really like a home run hitter or a showboat kind of guy, you know. So I mean, any guy getting hurt, you know, should not be, you know, reveled. Yeah. But I mean, especially a guy that, that there's no reason for you to have any beef with this guy. At yeah, all. I, I just like I I really just hate like you know. You know, karma's not going to work in any way. This <laughs> in this Yankees fans don't get comeuppance. <laughs> so Yankees fans, we are done with you. you got. Let's move on to other sports. Now that the Yankees left this horrible Whew. taste in our mouth. I think we're done with baseball today. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. All right, let's do. Uh, let's go back in time. Apparently, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're under investigation for tanking the 2016 and the 2017 season mm-hmm. to try to get better draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> the operative word being try. Try. to uh, try. I mean, Miles Garrett came out of it, but that's about that's it. It's a good one, for sure. <laughs> Very good one. Um, so, yeah, and we were laughing about this because I was like, you know, what do you tank for? And, and... I was like, they got Baker, and Nick's like, no. I was like, yeah, number one overall, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I always get that year mixed up because Lamar went way later to the Ravens, mm-hmm. another Bengals rival. So I got those two mixed up. I always forget Mayfield was drafted so high. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do Ravens trivia next week. I got one already. Because <laughs> clearly I don't know my Ravens trivia. <laughs> That's so Raven. <laughs> All right, Browns. We are fucking done with <laughs> so you. So done with you. 
All right, moving on to our fifth notable jabroni, fifth and final. Um, this one goes out to an ex-son staffer. Yeah, so um, there's an ex-son staffer. He pled guilty to charges of selling son's tickets, um, about 2,800 tickets uh, through third-party apps from 27 to 20, 2017 to 2019. Um, he's agreed to pay $458,000 back to the sons in restitution. Um, you sold a lot of tickets, man. Um, <laughs> his name is Jeffrey Marcusson. Um, check out this article. I'm telling yeah, you. And then in the report, it says that this all started a few years after his brother was murdered. It just makes me wonder, like, you know, it's kind of shitty to speculate about someone's murder, especially someone who can't defend themselves, but it makes me wonder what the hell the two of them were doing before all this. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah, he's, he's, looking at 13, he's looking at a maximum of 13-year prison sentence, but he's got a plea agreement, so, I mean, it's still, it's just... Yeah, he's just going to give the money back. Do the crime, you do the time, and then we done with you. <laughs> Mark um, Jeffrey Marcusson. Jeffrey Marcusson. We are done with you. We are done with you. <laughs> See ya. All right, Jabbernize him. Jabbernize. Uh, moving on to this week's Hall of Fame inductee, Sean Kemp. Sean Travis Kemp was born November 26, 1969, in Elkhart, Indiana where he was raised by his mother, Barbara. Sean aspired to excel at basketball from, from a very early age. And by age 16, he had NBA scouts coming to his games at Concord High as a sophomore. In his senior year, Sean was regarded as one of the top five seniors nationally and led his small school to the state championship finals. Kemp was selected to the 1988 McDonald's High School All-American team that featured Christian Leitner and Alonzo Mourning. Despite the accolades, Woody Austin won the award for Indiana's Mr. Basketball. Woody Austin. Purdue? Good old, good old Woody Austin. <laughs> Purdue? <laughs> Somebody had a Woody for him, I guess. Yeah. Kemp was offered a scholarship to play at the University of Kentucky, but his SAT scores were below standard, and he had to sit out his freshman year. Sean left UK in November of 1988 after he was accused of stealing and pawning two gold chains that had been reported stolen. The chains belonged to Sean Sutton, son of head coach Eddie Sutton. Damn. The Suttons wouldn't press charges, but the incident caused Kemp to transfer to Texas Valley Community College in Athens, Texas. He wouldn't stay at college long, and in 1989, Sean declared himself eligible for the 1989 NBA draft and would be drafted 17th overall by the Seattle Supersonics. Bring back the Supersonics, I'm yeah, telling please. you. But he, he, he went far away. <laughs> Indiana to Kentucky, and he's like, "Fuck off! I'm fucking off to Texas." Kind of like the Randy Moss story. <laughs> he pulled a Randy Moss. Pulled a Randy Moss. As a rookie, Sean was very raw and only averaged six point five points per game on an average thirteen minutes per game. Pretty good, really. Yeah, his game would develop with the help of teammate and mentor Xavier McDaniel, and in his senior year, and in his second year, he picked up the nickname Rain Man. R-E-I-G-N, Rain Man. Like Roman Reign. Yeah, for posterizing fellow NBA play players with monster dunks. The Sonics, led by Gary Payton, Eddie Johnson, <laughs> and Kemp, 
became a team to be feared in the Western Conference, and one reporter even went as far as to compare Kemp to Michael Jordan. In an article for Sport, Mike Hahn wrote, quote, <clears throat> The natural strength, quickness, and jumping, plus the daunting expressions after a particularly impressive move, all bear a striking resemblance to Michael Jordan, end quote. Jesus. Freezing cold takes. Yeah, I know. In 1994, Sean played for the U.S. national team in the FIBA World Championships, winning the gold medal. Kemp's career peaked in the 95-96 season when he and Gary Payton led the Sonics to a franchise-best 64-18 record and an NBA Finals appearance. Kemp averaged 19.6 points and 11.4 rebounds per game. But the Sonics would face the legendary 72-10 Chicago Bulls in the finals. <laughs> the Sonics forced a game six, but MJ and the Bulls prevailed. Kemp Thurinder refused to play for the 96-97 season after watching the Sonics pay Jim McElvain a seven-year, $33 million contract that far exceeded his own salary. <laughs> that, yeah, that one doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the Sonics made the playoffs with Kemp contributing heavily, but were bounced by Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets. <laughs> you think that Jim McElvain contract is the one that sunk the Sonics? <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Jim McElvain. <laughs> what do you got to say about this deadlift? Aw, <laughs> uh, hearts out to deadlift shrimp. Easy for me to say. Following the season, Kemp was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he showed up severely overweight and often smelling of alcohol. In a game in 1997, Sean allegedly was still drunk from the night before and didn't attempt a shot for the first 18 minutes of the game. The Cavs began to regret giving him a seven-year, $170 million <laughs> contract from the start. Though he averaged 18 points per game in the 97-98 season and 20 points per game the following year, his explosiveness was almost entirely gone. Sean was traded to the Portland Trailblazers in 2000, but things continued to get worse. Sports Illustrated reported that Sean had fathered seven children with six different women, and Kemp ended his season ahead of schedule in order to seek treatment for cocaine abuse. Yowzers. All right. Less than a year later, Sean was suspended five games for not following up on his mandatory aftercare agreement. In 2002, Sean gave up $20 million to leave Portland and play for the Orlando Magic, where he backed up Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed. At season's end, Sean was let go, and NBA teams attempted to sign him. After basketball, Kemp got himself into legal trouble, getting arrested with 60 grams of weed and a pistol in 2005, and then again on weed charges in 2006. Sean tried to make comebacks to the NBA, but they all failed. The Rain Man has since gotten his life together and currently controls interest in several Seattle venues. In October of 2020, Sean opened a marijuana dispensary in Seattle called Sean Kemp's Cannabis that also sells Gary Payton's products. Noted. Sean Kemp began his career under the unshakable shadow of low SAT scores and theft, and it haunted him the rest of his career when he wanted to be known for, for so much more. People rarely spoke of the basketball camps he held for kids, nor the attempts he funded to bring NBA basketball back to Seattle after the Sonics ceased to exist. Sean Kemp had tremendous upside, but he found out that, that anger and resentment were bad motivators. And for what he had to battle through to become happy in life and get the help he needed surely makes him a legend. Truly a legend. Yeah, man, I know this first thing from addiction. Anger is a shitty steering wheel. 
<laughs> but he he Sean Sean came, but yeah, he has a ton of cool stuff about him. Um, he's a six time All Star. Uh, Isaiah Thomas even said, uh, "quote I don't think we've seen anyone dunk with that type of animosity." Well, that's also because that dude hated Michael Jordan, so <laughs> yeah. so he'll pretty much be very quick to put anyone else on a pedestal. Yeah. But a Sean Kemp dunk was always pretty fucking terrifying. <laughs> pretty much what he was known for, yeah. The thing is, he did, he did like, you know, develop the rest of his game. He started being able to, like, shoot from the outside, like, mid-range shots. He started to average, like, 20.5 20. points per game when he wasn't able to jump as much. The most he ever averaged was when he was fat. Like, <laughs> um, there's, a, there's an awesome... If you Google it, sorry, if you YouTube it, uh, t- uh, type in "Yeah, baby," right in his face, dunk on Li- uh, Al Liston. It's great. Sean Kemp has this dunk and just smashes it right into the dude's face, and the commentator goes, "Yeah, baby," right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> they, were getting, they were getting rowdy. Yeah, it was. I mean, I miss the Sonics. There's I mean, a, maybe his story's not over. Maybe Kemp ends up helping them bring the Sonics back. At yeah, some point. he's trying. He's also trying to like make like you know marijuana dispensary in Seattle like more regularly distributed between all the different ethnic communities. That's what he's working on right now. I mean, now. it really reminds me of uh, Magic Johnson's story a little bit where once he was done, he went in the community and was not only starting businesses, but using those businesses to bring the community together. And inevitably, he started, you know, being co-owner of professional teams. So, you know, it's like maybe maybe Sean Kemp's story isn't over yet. Yeah. And that would be a really great story for someone who had such low SAT scores they couldn't even play college basketball. Yeah. I mean so Yeah, great dude. Hats off to you, Sean Kemp. Legend. Legend. All right. All right. Let's get that stumper answer. All right. I I wanted to know how many times has the eighth seed beat the one seed in NBA playoff history? Is it zero, two, or four? You said two. All right. We will go it is four. <laughs> Rats. It's four, but I want to no- notably the first time it ever happened, it was a Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Seattle Supersonics team. Where, where, where? Wait, were they the eight or the one? They, they were the one. Ouch. They were the one, and Dick, they were they were up two nothing in, in a best of five series in 1994, and Dikembe Mutombo and the Denver Nuggets came back and won it. Wow. No, no, no. No, no. He said no, no, no. All right, well, let's go to church. Church. All right, um, let's go to confessional, which is pretty much uh, misconnections and Craigslist now. <laughs> um, our missed opportunity was Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. NBA player, uh, just dicking around and accidentally scored on his own team uh, back in February. <laughs> We just flat out missed it. Yeah, <laughs> there was three. There was three point two seconds left in the game, and the Rockets trailed one thirty nine to one thirty one twenty. And you know they just inbounded the ball, and, and Kevin Porter Jr. just kind of said like "fuck it" and bounced the ball like out of basket, and it went in. <laughs> and he tried to. It looked like he tried to just bounce it off the ground and then off the backboard to himself, but he bounced it off the ground. And it went in his own basket. <laughs> so, so the final was 141-120. <laughs> he tried to. Um, I wonder if he gets points for that. Though. Like, if they count him towards his stats. Sure. Or against him. Like, did he lose? <laughs> but anyway, uh, 
And then after we went through, we just kind of looked around and he grabs the ball and you can tell he tries to play it off. Like he didn't think that they were playing yet. And he like, he gets his own rebound and then just like tries to spin it up into the basketball hoop again and misses that time. Like trying to hack like nothing happened. Well, yeah, watching the coach and player reactions is the best because they're like, the fuck did he just do? <laughs> yeah, so definitely check that out. Look up Kevin Porter Jr. scores on his own team. Um, <laughs> we confess that we uh, missed that one a yeah, few months ago, so a, shame know, on us. That was low-hanging fruit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just our wheelhouse. All right, um, let's move on to thoughts and prayers. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Wisconsin track star Sarah Scholes. Mm-hmm. Sarah Scholes was a runner at Wisconsin University, um, both on track and cross country. She was a star athlete, star athlete. Um, she recently committed suicide. Her family cons- confirmed, and uh, we got to go. You know, thoughts and prayers out to her family. Thoughts and prayers. She uh, she was she would volunteer in the community too. I think she worked mm-hmm. the polls yeah. um, in twenty twenty, which is not an easy year to work the polls with. No. Masks and the political climate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're someone you know, maybe struggling with suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1 800 273 8255. That's 1 800 273 8255. So let's turn this around. Let's get into our shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with. The Celtics' revenge. Yes, revenge has been achieved. So last year in the playoffs, um, everyone's favorite douchebag, Kyrie Irving, stopped on a logo, (laughs) stopped on the logo in Boston um, following a playoff win for for Kyrie's team. Um, And that happened last year, and that did not sit well with Boston fans. No, or players. Yeah, or players, clearly. <laughs> it was a big motivator this year as uh, the Celtics just swept Kyrie and the uh, Brooklyn Nets. The, the loaded Brooklyn Nets. The loaded. The loaded Brooklyn Nets. Who they're, they're, Also, they were the only team in the playoffs to get swept this year. The only team to be swept. Right, because there's still some games going, and the, the series are at least 3-1. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right. Well, shampoo to you, Celtics. Yeah. Keep it going, baby. Um, next shampoo. Um, shampoo to Mike Trout. Yeah. Not only did he hit uh, a triple on a check swing. Yeah, his 50th career tri- triple. His 50th career triple was on a check swing. <laughs> but previous to that, uh, only a few days um, before, he tied Barry Bonds for the most multiple home run games all time yeah career multi-homer games like and he yeah. didn't even do steroids so really he's the sole record holder in my book burn Barry, burn and he'll surpass <laughs> him anyway i said i'm not on steroids i said i'm not on steroids <laughs> um then one last shampoo it goes out to miggy yeah Miguel cabrera shampoo um yeah so before you get into his stats i just the other day uh they lost a game and when he hit his 2,999th home run or hit. And um, they were like, How do you feel about approaching the 3,000 hit club? And he said, Who gives a shit? We lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was great. Yeah. He said, Who gives a fuck? We lost the game. It's a team sport. <laughs> yeah. Since when, yeah. Since when was this um, a game about individual accolades? 
But despite that, let's get into some of his individual accolades. Yeah. <laughs> no, Miggy, Miggy got his 3,000th hit on Saturday. Um, he sits at 502 home runs career-wise. Uh, he's spent his career only between... Only between the Marlins and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, what a rough couple of cities. I mean, you know, he, but he's just he's just such a cornerstone. He, he is one of the happiest players of baseball. If Whenever you watch him, he is just wonderful to watch on the field. He's always laughing, having a great time. Ultimate team player. Um, he is the only, he's, yeah, he's a triple crown winner. Uh, the first triple crown winner since 1967. Before that, he's the only guy I believe to have a triple crown, 500 home runs, and 3,000 hits. Yes, the only, the mm-hmm. only player. That's just insane. Absolutely, it's funny because last year, me and my buddy John drove up to Detroit for like a couple days, um, and we just were like, "Fuck it, let's get tickets to a Tigers game." So we get lost trying to find it because we're men and we don't take directions. And we show up in like the third inning and people are just hyped, hyped to be there. And we were so confused. And apparently he had in the first inning hit his 499th home run. (laughs) So a bunch of people bought tickets last minute and were coming in when we were coming in to see if they were going to witness his 500th career home run. Mm -hmm. So we were like, holy crap, without even realizing it, we were... Potentially going to witness history, but um, he did not hit his 500 that game. Instead, Jose Ramirez hit like four balls to the wall, <laughs> and they won that game. So, <laughs> yeah, shampoo to you, Miguel Cabrera. 20 years of service, man. 20 years. Amazing player. All right, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, May 5th, as we induct Tuffy Rhodes. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always. Always.